Well, hello, good afternoon or good evening, I should say, to everyone, all of our listeners and my darling cousin Jody down in County Wicklow. How are you doing tonight, Jody? Yo, 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 girl. I'm having a, I'm having a tea. I've gone wild. Oh my God, not tea. <laughs> this late in the day. Oh my I, God, you'll be up all night. I know, with two sugars and soya milk. You are truly a rock star. You know that. I'm rocking it with my fancy milk. <laughs> <laughs> all right, listen. I did my homework. I did. Now Great. you were watching this bonkers show. Mer- what is it called? Married at First Sight. Yes. You were watching the UK version, was it? The UK. Well, yes, because I think there is there an American one or an Australian one. There's an American one. And I don't know who's who's crazier here now, to be fair. But (laughs) I can say this because I am a Yank. They're crazy. Yeah, I I haven't watched the American one. It was the UK one. Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, there's some crazy people in the UK as well. I mean. To be fair. Okay, tell me, give us a little bit of a a breakdown. I don't know it as well as you do. Explain to us how this show works, Jodi. Well, you know, besides the fact that I do like my trashy reality shows, um, I think it's because I love the psychology behind it. You know, you feel like you're kind of watching something that's real, so it's relatable. Like maybe not, you know, directly something you're doing, but it's still relatable because it's, you know, it's something that's actually true and not, you know, made up. But anywho... Yeah, so basically I got onto this and I thought I thought it was very interesting from a you know from a kind of a psychological point of view, you know, it's it's like it was intriguing. Um so I have watched them all, but um so basically, yeah, so these people, because I watched another show very similar, we can always talk about that as well. But yeah, so these people are um well, actually, I should go back. It's, it's very unfortunate that they, that they don't discuss a little bit more about the background with the um, psychologists and the genetics and stuff like that, because they tip on it and they say they're matching these people down to their genetics. And like, like they take the measurements of their bodies so the circumference of their finger and their facial, uh, you know, um, like symmetry and you know and so they're matching people on all these things so I would have loved if they had kind of delved a little bit more into that but they just sorry they took their measurements yeah so it's a scientific um experiment is what it is so they took the saliva (coughs) sorry they took saliva they did measurements of like their body parts or like you know like their waist and chest arms even down to their fingers and even down to the measurements of their face, how symmetrical they are, you know, so they're matching these people. And from what I could gather, you know, based on like genetics, then some questionnaires about, you know, like they had like sort of multiple choice sort of kind of questions on different things that I suppose, maybe like from a compatibility point of view, like whether you like someone tall, short, you know, fat, skinny, whatever. Um, But they didn't kind of go into that enough. I would have liked if they had kind of explained the, the actual scientific side of it a little bit more. Because okay, so they gave they gave reality TV science and you're looking for like a proper documentary. You want the goods. Yeah, I kind of would have liked the goods because I, find, I, I found it quite interesting because you kind of go, okay, so then, you know, they're based on like all these things, like even they like what's kind of given across is that, you know, you could be attracted to another person that has very similar symmetry in their face to you okay you know? well look i'm gonna well it kind of sounds like bullshit right you go oh my god down to the fingers i will say 
Have you ever noticed, I've noticed over the years, there've been like, when you see celebrity couples, a lot yeah. of them do look alike. And yeah. I have to, and I have, and I've said this to my boyfriend, he and I are very similar in a lot of ways, not just personality, but pictures of us from teen, when we were teenagers, we could have been, I'd say people would have pegged us as cousins, possibly yeah. even siblings. There's a similarity there in something of our features. He has very different eye color to me, very different chins, very different, like you sit there and you go, well, where's the similarity? Well, face shape, size of the lips, the mouth, expression, you know, things like that. He and I are actually, of anyone I've ever dated, he and I are the most physically similar. Like we're both very muscly. I'm very muscular for a girl. I'm almost bulky. We have kind of the same physique almost, if that makes sense. Does that make sense? Like we're close yeah. in height. We're close in, we fit very well together. You know, we're very, it's not like I'm five one and he's six foot four. Yeah. You know, it's very, yeah. you know, so look, maybe there's something to that. Yeah, I mean, that's what kind of intrigued me. I mean, that's why, I, you know, I, I did think it was very interesting. I just would have loved if those background people and the genetics and all that would have sort of been interviewed a bit more on the process of that and, and explain some of that, because that that was what intrigued me. So they were matching these people based on all of these things and and even like whether they're nesters or they're something else. I didn't understand some of these things. So I found it very interesting and like, you know, so basically these people like are being matched and they are not meeting each other at all until the day of the actual wedding. So he is literally, the groom is standing at the altar and they oh don't meet until the bride comes in. I mean, it's actually cuckoo. Um, oh. <laughs> you kind of look at it and you kind of go, well, even I asked my boyfriend and said, would you marry somebody you don't know? And he, his immediate response was no. <laughs> was like, fuck no. Yeah. No, look, I mean, just a little bit of the episodes that I've seen. Yeah. You kind of go, okay, these people are nuts. They're desperate. Like, I, like so many of them are so good looking that you're going, How, hang on here. Maybe, okay, looks don't seem to be the problem. Yeah. So it must be personality or they're all that shit crazy. Or, you know, I'm sure some of some of the, these people, these types go on these shows to get exposure to launch careers. OK, so we can't discount that. Yeah. But anyone who's legitimately looking for love like this. And I also find some of the ages of some of them, like one girl's 26 and I'm going 26 and you're that desperate to get married. Yeah. Now, look, I'm, I'm not discounting like you know, everybody wants love. Everybody wants to be loved. I, I get that. And a lot of people do want to be partnered up, coupled up, whatever, in a relationship, married. She's 26. She probably wants to have children soon. I yeah. do get that. But this just seems like a move of desperation to me. I, I can't imagine letting scientists match me, or match me to somebody based on my saliva. <laughs> I know. It's actually cuckoo. And like, that's even way out for us. And we're pretty open. You know, oh, I think you and I are two of the most open-minded broads I know. I mean, like, but to match me on saliva, what if they swapped the samples? What if they accidentally, what if it was like, you know, like they give away the wrong baby at the hospital sometimes. It happens. Like, what if they accidentally, you know, oh, we're going to match 
uh, Elizabeth to the wonderful Sean, and then somehow somebody in the lab fucks up. They're hungover. They swip, you know, whoop, oopsie. They drop my saliva <laughs> sample on the floor, pick it back up, and then they match me with, you know, I don't know, some dickhead named Ken. I don't know. <laughs> what? <laughs> that would never happen. Like, oh, I'm very bold now. I'm very bold. I'm going to be sued. <laughs> But I don't give a shit. Like honestly, with my luck, Jody, they would they would swap the samples, and I'd be I'd be paired with, yeah. Like, would you trust the process here? I d- I don't think so. I think you know, like like there's another show I watch, and we can kind of come on to that one if you fancy, Smancy. And that one is this one is this. this one is slightly less wacky. So this was I can't remember the name of it now, but this was basically where people were um. So they would date in pods. So he would be in a pod, mm-hmm. he would be in a pod, and they would be like, you know, chatting. And, you know, and then they could, if they wanted some stage, there didn't seem to be really a time frame, um, could propose. And the same type of thing. Now, the only difference was that they would propose if the person said yes, then I think like the next day or some of that, they would, they would actually get to meet for about five minutes. And then they wouldn't get to meet again until they're actually getting married. Um, and then they would get to the altar and they would either that, you know, they would both either say yes to getting married or, or no. And so that one was also wacky. But, um, you know, the, Which I, mean they dated in pods like they sat there looking at each other in a plastic no, bubble. No, they couldn't see each other. So they were in these like separate pods. That where you know they they would go into this pod and at the other side was another pod with with you know let's say a male on one side in one pod and a female in another but the pods were and they could speak to each other yeah they could speak to each other like they were basically speaking to each other like through a you know a um like through a wall really so they could they could not see each other so they were asking that person to marry them based on never seeing them um so. Mm. Uh, the only difference was that they were connected on an emotional level and okay, fair enough. yeah yeah on a physical so the the premise with that one was that what they were saying in that because a little while ago since I watched this one but I remember the psychologist saying on that that you know sometimes when you meet somebody you can get distracted by wh- how that person looks and you just okay fair yeah just base the attraction on the physical attraction rather than the emotional attraction of the person. And so, you know, you can kind of get, I suppose the lines can get blurred in relation to just sort of being maybe lustful for that person rather than actually whether there's any kind of compatibility and an emotional connection. So with this, it you know, yeah, they were, so they were to connect on an emotional. Well, see, I, I get what she's saying and she's probably right. And I, I mean, I can't discount that. Like, yeah, you could be so attracted to someone that they're so pretty sitting in front of you that you don't hear the toxic shit that's falling out of their mouth. But I, you know, the red flags, you know, more red flags than a soccer game. But, uh, you know, but honestly, I think that's a mistake of the very young. I mean, if I'm honest, I think that's something that a kid would do. Somebody 25 and under, or maybe 30 and under, you'd be very distracted by oh they're so gorgeous and oh my god so sexy and the the chemistry and I can't and what and they're saying that they do what oh who cares you know I could see that but I just I don't know I think as you get a little bit older well I don't know I mean we're probably not the age demographic of this show anyway they're probably all in their 20s and 30s 
Yeah, I think they were in their 20s and 30s. I mean, I think, well, for me, like when I watched that show, I could see what they were talking about. However, you know, you and I have talked about this before about physical attraction. It's such a personal thing. It's sort of like, you know, and also I think that we can find someone attractive to look at, but then is the chemistry there? You know, I because I, I think those two things are quite different, actually. I mean, oh, I do as well. Yeah, you well, can uh, you can appreciate someone's looks and their beauty or their whatever and not feel anything for them. Oh, totally. I mean, absolutely. I mean, that's the thing. I've, I've come across that before where I can physically see where someone's very attractive, but I don't fancy them. Like, if that makes sense, like I find that oh, like, it does. Yeah. Yep. Or, you know, or that kind of click isn't there. I could be kissing the wall. Not that I kiss my walls, just people, but, you know, but like, you know, I think. Just lick the walls. Just lick the walls out of boredom. Sure. (laughs) Well, that would be even weirder. But, you know, I think, so I think, uh, uh, I don't know so much about just going on, um, you know, like, let's say emotional. I mean, obviously we know that that's very important. And I think as we get older, we realize more and more how important it is to you know, to have that compatibility and that emotional and spiritual connection with somebody. However, I do still think that that physical attraction, it's either there or it's not, and it does need to be, you know, otherwise, you know, because we all know that the physical side of a relationship is actually very important as well. And, you know, you need to have all three of those things, you know, in balance, I think, you know, for the most part, for actually to have a really good, healthy relationship. So, with the yeah. physical, the emotional, and then what? The chem, the chemistry, or the connection? Well, the spiritual. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think the physical and the emotional and the spiritual connection. Yeah. So it's. Yeah. That, that's I'm, my. Of course, when you say spiritual, no, we're not talking religion. We're not talking anything no, like that. No. It's that it's that esoteric, completely undefinable. Oh my God, this is my person, and I can't really say why or describe it. Yeah. Connection that you yeah. when you when you're with them, you feel like you're home. Yes, exactly. It, it, like I well, said, some people would say that's also emotional, but yeah, I mean, like, uh, look, I, yeah, a, you, I, you need you need all of it. You need all of it, don't you? Well, well I think the spirit is more on an energetic level. I'm, t- you know, I think so. Mm, it's, good vibes, yeah, yeah. So it's, I suppose it's a little bit of a combination of all of those things, but it's it's that real deep sort of spiritual, like like deep sort of. Um, I don't know, like chemistry, you know, like that. I don't know. Yeah, I'm not. I, it's I'm not the, well, it's the undefinable. It's yeah. the undefinable. Like I can sit there and list off like a thousand different reasons why I love my boyfriend, what I like about him. But there's yeah. also like, you just kind of sit there and you go, but at the end of the day, I can't actually split it into, a, you know what I mean? I, I can't uh, pick it apart. No. If he had one quality different, would I love him any less? No. You know what I mean? So it's it's a weird thing. It, it's It's a funny thing because if you've never had this kind of, love or connection in your life or you think you have and so you actually have it you know I mean I was married and divorced and never had this I you know I've dated lots of well not lots but I've dated a few fellas I'm just gonna stop talking now I've dated a few fellas and I in my day and I've never had uh what I have with him now never not even close and it boggles the mind you know but what are the odds that some scientists on a reality show are going to be able to deliver you that on a plate I just I think this just has shit show written all over it disaster written all over it I I think so I would probably imagine so for the most part and I think like I mean a couple of them 
you know, did kind of click because they obviously fancied each other. Then, you know, naturally they had a lot of things in common and were interested in a lot of the same things and had the same beliefs and, you know, mm -hmm. and core values and things like that. So I think there were a couple of them that, you know, it, it seemed to hit home. The, the only, the real negative that I have, because obviously, you know, okay, so from a scientific point of view, right, they're connecting somebody. You know, the physical and actually being attracted to each other, you know, I don't think they can really sort of come into that. So if that's there, great. The only thing I would have said, you know, I was probably about halfway through watching it. And the thing that really pinged to me was just how fast they would be moving at. So they're basically going from not knowing this person at all to matching with this person and then straight away getting married and straight away living with each other. And it's sort of like, no, I'm sorry, go on. No, I just, I, you know, I just kind of felt that you're kind of almost sort of missing out on the fun, you know, sort of element of dating, even though we all kind of hate it. We have like a love hate relationship with when you're first dating with, you know, somebody it's the, uncertainty do they like me do they not like me with this workout you know and then missing each other you know and and like you know not seeing each other all the time but then when you do see them and and then it's kind of like you nearly want it to roll on for a year in a year's time when you feel more secure but then it's also exciting gotcha. yeah it's kind right. of like well the, the beginning of a romantic relationship is very heady it's very intoxicating it's very overwhelming you can't sleep you can't eat you're you're yeah. like this person has got me completely fucked up yeah. and you feel like a teenager again and you're like i am so vulnerable i'm gonna get destroyed this sucks yeah. yes of course you're like yeah you almost go roll on being married and old like in 20 <laughs> years so we don't have to worry about this shit you know yeah. and, and the only thing we have to worry about then is maybe annoying each other at that point you know <laughs> or for some people much sooner well look i just think this is rubbish i think it's rubbish television designed to get nothing but ratings they don't give a fig about these people yeah. um i think it, i think they're actually actually taking advantage of people who are maybe I, I just I don't this I can't even compare it to an arranged marriage because an arranged marriage that you know still goes on in some parts of the world and used to be you know the the thing that was done in in parts of society um that was a business arrangement the families were coming together because they wanted to mix the the bloodlines and commingle the business and the finance they wanted to keep it with a certain class of person and they did not give a shit if their son or daughter loved each other hated each other. This is who you're marrying. It's a business transaction only. Yeah. And not that I agree with that, but at least going into that, you could go, well, don't expect for them to, if they hit it off and they love each other, great. If they hate each other, well, you know, many of us wouldn't be here <laughs> if it weren't for the arranged marriages of our ancestors and stuff. So, but this, this is just, this has disaster written all over it. And they, the producers of this show know it because if they knew that this was going to go well or was a good idea, they wouldn't bother their whole to do it because it wouldn't be nearly as interesting or yeah. dramatic and it wouldn't get viewers hooked. But this kind of stupidity and this kind of drama, yeah, this kind of gossip, people are like sitting there with their mouth open because you can't believe one, that people would actually do this and to, and well, and see, and like you, I, I feel not at like a hypocrite, but look, I mean, if I asked a hundred people on the street, do you believe in love at first sight? I'd get a hundred different answers. Yeah. Do you believe in love at first sight? And then let me pause it to you this way, Jody. You walk into a room, you, you walk into a party and you turn around and someone, some guy is standing there, hands you a drink and you look at each other and you say, Oh, hello. 
do you, you're, I mean, what is that initial spark? I mean, it's not love. Is it? Is, uh, can it be? Well, is it love? Is it interest? Is it chemistry? What is that? Okay. So, um, right. So, well, I'll, I'll talk about a friend of mine, first of all, who, uh, and then I'll come back to my situation. I'm sure you'll come back to yours then as well. Um, mm -hmm. currently, but, um, so I, I, I have a friend who is, you know, she's, she's married to him, but they, they met at a party and they would both say that now in fairness, she nearly didn't end up at this party because she was at a previous, a, a different party. And, uh, he was up. So basically they, they met abroad, right? So he was, he was up in Scotland. He was from down, you know, from London area. And then she was from here. So I don't know why she was in Scotland, but anyway, she was at a previous party and then she didn't want to go to this party, but got dragged along and went for like five minutes. Anyway, as she entered the party, her and her now husband, you know, like, um, you know, sort of locked eyes. And yeah, they just they, they would say they had that this magnetic sort of pull to each other. And they basically um, I think she ended up staying and uh, they spent, you know, like just spent the night chatting and whatever else. And then they, you know, carried on dating and then. You know, I think she moved over there and then they moved back here and they've been married and they've got kids and they're living happily ever after. And they do have an amazing uh, relationship. So I think um, I think she would probably say that was like almost like love at first sight. Um, you know, I, I don't I don't know if I, I believe in love at first sight. But what I would say with even with the guy I'm currently with now, that strangely enough, when we went on our first date, um, I just felt like uh, I already knew him. So I felt like an immediate ease um, and like a kind of like a like I don't know. I, yeah, I, that's the only word I can put on it. Just like a sense of ease or something as if I was know this person and I was just immediately comfortable. Mm, yeah. um, you know like, them from a time before. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like almost like a meeting of the souls or something. I don't really know now. Now he probably think I'm batshit crazy. Well, he probably does anyway already, but <laughs> <laughs> I guarantee you, he thinks you're batshit crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like, yeah, I don't think I'm saying anything he doesn't already probably think, but you know, that's, <laughs> that's the only thing I would say, because it was sort of an unexpected sort of, uh, you know, inner reaction from me to him. And I did kind of walk away, kind of go and Huh? you know and, and being yeah, a bit what the hell is that yeah yeah being a bit bamboozled by that so that's the only thing I would say I don't know if I've ever really thought about love at first sight I don't think I've really had that before apart from my childhood sweetheart but we were very very young and we would have like a, a bit of like I suppose like a crush thing going on so it's the only thing I can Puppy relate love to. that was hormones that was hormones yeah. Exactly. But, but this now, yeah, would I, 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 so I don't know if that's like love at first sight, but it was definitely sort of something maybe. What do you, what, how about yourself? What's your thoughts on this? Well, I mean, I, I don't know. I asked, I asked my fellow once, you know, because of COVID and lockdown, obviously we met online and as everyone is doing now, that's just how people people are like what you don't meet in real life anymore you just meet somebody online um i asked him once i said if we had been pre-covid times imagine those if we had been in a, a a bar or a pub and complete strangers and let's say we just ended up in proximity and let's say jody you and i were out for drinks one night in dublin he's out with his mates and yeah he saw me 
I said, would you have approached me? And he said, oh, absolutely. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. He said, and the minute I heard the accent, heard your voice, I definitely. And then he pretty much told me, he's like, I just know that you would have told me like your connection to Dublin through your father, the school he attended, the neighborhood, the area he's from. And, and because it's the same as, as himself and we would have gotten chatting that way. And you're from Texas. Wow. And it, we just would have hit it off and talked the whole night. He was convinced of it. And I was like, eh, you're right. Um, <laughs> we you know we didn't meet that way we met online it's you know it's it's different when you're trying to suss somebody out a stranger and and getting to talk to them and but then you kind of go I'm really liking what this person is saying I'm really liking how this person is treating me he was extraordinarily extraordinarily respectful hilariously funny which I was like I'm the funny one but no no he took me by surprise you know and after only a couple of weeks really of talking, no, really intently talking. Like, I don't know. It, it, it was a week maybe of, uh, before it was kind of a, oh, oh, holy shit, what is this? What's going on here? You know, and this was just talking online before we decided to pick up the phone to each other, have a phone call. And then we had our first Zoom date that went on for, it felt, you know, like 48 hours. Um, and it was very different because I'd had some Zoom dates before and because we were in lockdown. I had talked to some people and, well, men, not people. Um, <laughs> so I just wanted to clarify that. Um, I, I don't know why I felt the need to clarify that. But, um, you know, I'd, I'd gone on a couple coffee dates in between lockdowns, met up with people. Again, damn it, people, I'm becoming very PC. I don't like this. Men, damn it, just men. Um <laughs> You know, and, and you go, eh, that was boring, you know, or you have a coffee and you go, well, that was weird. You know, I've talked about some of my bad dates before, as of you, on this yeah. podcast. And it was just, I could see it on his face on the first Zoom date. I could see, and, and we got off of there and we were like, what in the actual fuck is going on? We were smitten. We were absolutely besotted with the other one. Were we in love? I don't know. We were falling. We were in the process. And then we met up a couple of days later and we, we were toast. We were done. Yeah. Done for. And we knew it. We knew at the moment we saw each other. Fuck. I'm, I'm done for. What the hell has happened here? So we did fall in love extraordinarily fast. Yeah. So, I mean, am I a hypocrite for saying that these Egypts on a show are Egypts, but my way is fine, you know, because my way was what? Organic legitimate sincere it wasn't it wasn't contrived by a bunch of people on a payroll for a show um there was no swapping of saliva well not previous to the date there wasn't you know but oh I will always go for the cheesy easy laugh I'm disgraceful I'm a terrible comic terrible I should be ashamed of myself I should be ashamed of myself um I I don't know I mine feels real because I was you know, not set up. It just was very natural the way it unfolded and we couldn't help it. Oh, that's my computer making a weird noise in the background. Uh, we couldn't help it. Yeah. It just happened. It wasn't contrived. We weren't, I think with this show, they're putting a lot of pressure on these people. Let's take away for a moment the fact that it's on television and going to be seen around the world. Like that's like, let's try to fall in love to strangers in a fishbowl. Great idea. Like it's not hard enough as it is in private. 
And um, so then they've got a lot of pressure on these people because of the show and the expectations. And I don't know if there's money involved. I don't know if they get compensated. I don't know if they win a prize at the end. You just never know. And then also um, the expectations of these people coming in. They want to find the lid to their pot. Yes. You know, they say every pot has its lid. These people are looking for love and they're looking for the one. And I just think it's such a random kind of needle in a haystack moment that like if you meet your person, if you find your soulmate, the love of your life, you just better count yourself as lucky because I didn't think it was ever going to happen for me. Yeah. Especially not at 40. And, you know, I just, I was resigned that, you know, if I could meet someone nice, nice enough to eventually go to bed with and eventually maybe let around my children after a year or two, because, you know, there's a bunch of weirdos out there. I wanted someone to date and someone, you know, to have someone nice in my life. But yeah. I had given up hope on really anything more than that. Because I just figured, you know, he wasn't out there. It didn't exist or it wasn't for me or I just was unlucky in love. And that was it. Yeah. But I think, yeah, but I think, uh, you know, our attitudes going with the online dating were, were maybe somewhat different to some other people's attitudes. I mean, like when I went on, you know, I'm, I'm not sure if I 100% really knew what, what I was doing or what I, you know, really kind of wanted. I can, I can guarantee you did not. <laughs> no, well, I, I suppose I didn't. I mean, I think, you know, I have kind of resigned myself to being on my own forever. And, yep. you know, like not because, you know, my marriage was like, you know, absolutely like, you know, hurricane horrific. But just because it was sort of like, I think I just kind of reached an age where, I mean, I was 42 when my marriage, you know, finally broke down, you know, and I kind of, and I think I was just tired. I was just like, oh, I can't do this. You know, all the energy that it, that it takes to make a marriage work or a relationship work. You know, I think after 14 years, I was just sort of spent. So, yeah. I, you know, life kind of got busy and obviously, you know, you're dealing with children and my mom and all, lots of other kind of stuff kind of flew around death illness COVID yeah yeah but also on top of that you know me just kind of feeling like I suppose I I don't know if I really knew but maybe now I'd look at it and think there was probably a a massive part of me that one didn't have the energy then two maybe thinking that there was just not somebody out there and then three just really not wanting to be feeling hurt again right you know, then my mom died last year and then the pandemic hit in and then I had one of my sisters sort of going, you're wasting away. And I kind of, I, I did kind of look at it and go, not from like a wasting away point of view, but I did look at it and kind of go, God, like, you know, life is so short. Like, what am I sitting waiting for? Like, I could be sharing, you know, my life with somebody because I've done so much work on myself, you know, with kind of getting to know myself after my marriage broke up. Like, what do I like to do? What am I into? And sort of just kind of uh, on a different kind of journey of self-discovery, I suppose. So, you know, I did kind of get curious, you know, well, could there be somebody that might fancy me and might like me and, and maybe want to love me maybe or something? And um, and then, you know, vice versa. I don't know. I don't know if, know if I really thought that far ahead. But, you know, when I went on, I definitely found it very overwhelming and strange and weird. Um, but now I can honestly say that I think, I think probably online dating, it has its pitfalls and flaws, but I actually do think it's probably quite a, a good tool because 
you know, you do kind of get to connect with somebody on a slightly different level. There's there's generally no alcohol involved unless they're pissed behind the screen. But, mm. you know, it's just a different setting. And maybe you can kind of um, sort of throw yourself around, I suppose, and kind of really see, you know, what kind of person you're really going to kind of connect with. Now, the only downfall that I can see with online dating is that I think some people can end up with a mindset of like, you know, maybe meeting somebody that's, you know would be for them but them thinking oh but there could be somebody better on the next swipe so that's the right right but I think could even if people don't realize that's going on I think it could be subconscious the Uh, kids have a term for that I know it I know it the young kids have a term for that it's called FOMO it's FOMO FOMO. fear of missing out Mm -hmm. right well, I think that that probably does exist with online dating more than if you meet somebody. It existed when I was married, Jody. I was like, what am I doing with this guy? I, I was <laughs> like, like, I think, when, no, I think when a relationship is, is trash, you know it deep down. You may not want to admit it, but yeah. subconsciously you feel it. And there's always an unease and people need to listen to those little voices and those gut instincts and those energies and those vibes. And I didn't for a long time. Well, again, you see, we're coming back to our, like we've had conversations before around, you know, energy and, you know, that's it. Like, I think, you know, I think even the kind of the connection, I mean, that's what you'd be missing. I mean, all this sort of scientific taking spit and doing measurements and all of that kind of stuff. But where's the energy? You're not picking up on, on somebody else's, you know, energy. And that, you know, like you could have somebody in front of you that you could find attractive. You have loads in common. You know, so there's some level of compatibility, but maybe the energy isn't right between the two of you or that chemistry and whatever that is, is just not there. You, well, you can't really manufacture that. Well, you can't, see, that's the thing. Manufacture, you said the word contrived. The thing about this show is the expectations yes. are so high because again, because it's being filmed and it's all this, that people want it to work so badly that they yeah. will sit there and they'll try to force it because there's just nothing natural about it at all whereas okay yes uh my fell and i we fell in love very very quickly maybe people would scoff in fact some people did uh scoff at it you know um but there was nothing like it it was just natural and organic it it just happened it wasn't us sitting there going i'm gonna be on a show in front of the whole world i have to make this work with this person whoever they they you know link me up with it, it, that's just that's crazy to me it's crazy yes but isn't but it, know, it isn't it interesting what you just even said there though that how some people were, were scoffed at yourself and sean you know like falling in love let's say quite quickly you know isn't it interesting how people immediately judge things you know like like that that's not possible like how is that not possible i mean i'm not saying whether you know these things are true or not but you know of course you know me I mean there's got to be a Libra rising in me somewhere because I'm always (laughs) like on the on the fence with stuff but I I think you know like I don't know I think with some people maybe love grows over time I think some people it's just like a lust it's just a physical thing but I, I, I do truly believe that you and your partner now through even just connecting from an emotional level, which is what you guys were doing. I mean, I understand that you both, you know, got to see physical photos of each other online. So of course there was that initial like, oh, she looks good or he looks good. Yeah, I fancy her, I fancy him. But then after that, then it was totally from an emotional point of view. So, you know, how can you, how can somebody actually 
mock that and discredit that and say that that's not true? What are they basing that on? Like, why is it not true? Like, you know, well, because in her experience, you know, a lot of people that come at you with their own lived experiences, coloring their reactions to you and their opinions on life. And because this particular person that said this and I'm, you know, speaking code, I don't think she's ever going to hear this podcast, but I'm going to say she's not the nicest person I've ever spoken to in my life. Um, she would have what you would call man problems as in she can't get one. Uh, she's like man repellent and God forgive me. No, fuck the God forgive me. No, I stick by it. She's fucking man repellent and it's her own fault. I'm, I'm tired of PC and pussyfooting around and walking on eggshells for some people who are actually horrible. She's not a nice person. And she really kind of showed her teeth and her claws with me a few times. And then when I started dating this guy and, you know, I'm telling her, just, you know, cause you share your gossip with your girlfriends and oh my God. And you know, the quickness with which he fell in love with me and told me that he loved me. She found off putting <gasps> that's a red flag girl, oh, just because nobody's ever loved your dumb ass. It is not a red flag. Sorry. I, yeah. you know, I, just because she's never had anything like that. And mind you, if it happened in a film, she'd be <laughs> sitting there with a box of tissues and a tub of Ben and Jerry's crying. Oh my God. Wonderful, but happens to her friend in real life. She goes, No, no, that's a red flag. He's probably like, He's probably a psycho killer. He's gonna murder you in your sleep. It's a red flag. I'd I'd be very wary. I know. I remember you saying that she said that, and I I was quite bamused by that because I kind of thought, I kind of thought, you know, at the time, and I still think the same. How can you measure how long it takes before you love somebody? And Love yeah sorry go ahead I think love comes in so many different shapes and sizes I mean we I mean you know I I think I look I just don't I I I completely disagree with her because otherwise then what are you going to say that when you have your newborn baby are you going to say to a new a a new mother go you don't love that baby you don't know that baby yet right oh that's a great analogy yeah I mean that's that's a great analogy look some women do take time to bond with their babies after birth But but you're not going to sit there and say to a woman, oh, you won't feel anything for about 10 days or, oh, it's only been three days. That's just a, that's just a, a it's not anybody to you. You don't know that baby. We often love our babies when they're still inside us. We would die for our babies. Like it's different for different women. Yes. How can you measure that? That's what I'm saying. It's sort of like for some women, it's instant. For some women, it's not, you know, even some of us can look at our newborn babies and go, you are ugly. You know, (laughs) We don't have that, you know. I think how can you kind of ugly, but I love you more than anything because you're the ugliest baby in the hospital, but you're mine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but that's what I'm talking about. How can you measure that love? Because it's different for everybody. So I think there could be a relationship where, you know, you've only been talking for a couple of weeks, you know, you've maybe had a couple of phone calls, a a six-hour mental zoom date or whatever. And genuinely feel that you love that person, that there's things about that person that you love, and that love will then keep growing. And then, well, like, like, sometimes people hit it off as friends, and we don't question that. Well, exactly. Well, this is my thing. This is where I think your friend is sort of maybe then there's something closed with her if she's not then inviting love in. Maybe that's why she's not finding it. Because if you can't be open to the fact that, Love comes in different shapes and sizes. It can happen unexpectedly, you know, it can, and it can happen at different stages. And, you know, I think that I do think you could meet somebody and fall instantly in love with that person. And I think, well, 
you could be with somebody that love could grow over time. I, I well, but Jody, but also something that you know, a couple of my other girlfriends said the same thing, like about her that they were like, mm, just because nobody loves your ass, because what she was doing was implying, in a way, that I'm not lovable. Like, excuse me, like I'm not lovable enough that somebody could fall in love with me in the course of a week or ten days. Excuse yeah. me, honey, I'm charming as fuck. I went <laughs> over all kinds of jerks. Like, hello. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you know, she was really kind of, it was more like a, you were almost kind of waiting for the other shoe to drop for her to go, well, you know, oh my God, he couldn't love you. You know, it was, it was, but if it happened, if it had happened to her, she wouldn't have questioned it. Yeah. But you see, then you kind of question how deep is she as a person? Because if I think about your connection that you and what she is, sorry, go on. Sorry. (laughs) I, I, I actually missed completely what you said that actually. <laughs> I, I said she's a stinky butt face is what oh. she is. Sorry, my dear. Continue. Continue. <laughs> no, but I think that, you know, with some people, look, if like I've been to parties before and like, you know, I'm, I'm well able to hold a conversation and, you know, I can, and I can do the, the small talk on stuff as well, but I have literally been to parties before and, you know, you're, someone's talking to me and I literally go, I could just get stumped. I don't know what to say. I just, you know, ha- I can't even, I can't even think to find something in my head to talk about. And, and you, you and the, you know, the 10 minute or the, like you're standing there for an hour and it feels like 10 hours and it's just horrific. Right. And, mm-hmm. you know, and then other people it's instant. Like I've got two girlfriends of mine and I met both of these women at a party and we immediately hit it off. I mean, so much so with one of my friends, I was sitting on the couch with her and we, we hit it off so much that the, the girl who was hosting the party said, oh, you know, do you two want to get a room? You know, so what is that about? Like, we just really? clicked, you know. So I think that in, you know, when it comes to the opposite sex and what we were doing, it depends on what kind of person you are. I mean, you're an interesting person. You have a lot of depth. You know, you don't, you know, you do the small talk like all of us, but you are quite a deep person. Like there's lots of, there's lots of chambers to your personality. And obviously, clearly, the person that you were connecting with, which is your boyfriend, has the same going on. So you both were connecting. I mean, you probably covered uh, like a year's worth of conversation in two weeks. So Yeah, we did. Yeah. Right. So therefore, why would it then be so abnormal to think that he wouldn't have been and you wouldn't have been thinking, I think I love this person because I'm loving all these things about this person because you're connecting on such a deep level very quickly. So this girl that you're talking about, maybe she's just not that deep. I mean, what kind of person is she? What kind of connection is she trying to have with somebody? Maybe it's a lot less sort of, you know, um, intense or there's not much depth there if she's not connecting with people. Well, I mean, I don't know. I mean, he and I are eight months in now. It's only eight months in. That's actually really early days. But we feel like we've been together for years. And eight months in, we still talk all day, every day, when we're with each other, when we're not with each other, on the WhatsApp, on the messages, on the phone. And to the point where I sometimes go, Jesus, this poor I'm going to have him. His ears must be bleeding at this point. He must be, oh my God, leave him alone. And, but we're just as bad as the other one. We're just as bad as the other one. We miss each other when we don't see each other for a few days. If we have to go over a week, we both start to get 
fucking stroppy, not with each other, but you know, we just, yeah, you know, we missed each other. We've already buried too well. I didn't bury my daddy's cremated, but you know what I mean? We buried two fathers yeah. three months apart. We've crammed in a whole lot of life and a whole lot of connection and bonding in a very, very, very short time amount of time. Um, our families are already kind of blending. Everybody gets on, everybody adores each other. It's really awesome. And you kind of go, whew, wow, this is great. I didn't know this could, I didn't know life could be like this, you know? So you kind of go, you know, it's obviously something is quite perfect here and quite um, very well matched, very well suited, very comfortable. And, but, you know, back to that show for a second. Yeah. What I find so discombobulating at the thought of two you know a couple strangers some scientists swabbing my cheek and then lining me up with the guy whose fingers they measured and match my I mean (laughs) like they don't all the little details that you pick up on about someone even over text and online even before you meet up all the minutiae all the the little habits and quirks and things that make them them you can, even before you meet up in person, you can start to pick up on them. And then when you meet in person, like little things like the other person, the way they smell, oh, you know, yeah. oh my God, girl. Yeah. <laughs> I, ooh, you know, that's a big one for me. That is a big one for me. Those pheromones, you know, yeah. it goes into that instant attraction. And so I think there's like a hormonal chemical thing Yeah, that some people just get on like a house on fire, you know, and that's, and, and, and other people could be on paper perfectly matched, but there's something in their chemistry. Like if you, if you don't like the way somebody smells, like if it doesn't get you going, they're sent. Ooh, good luck. Mm, yeah. I think it's, you know, if you don't like the way somebody kisses, you could be on paper completely perfect for each other. According to these reality TV scientists, Oh, mm-hmm. they're going to be a perfect match. And and in, when you are faced with the reality of, of each other, it's terrible. Again, also, you miss out on all the little intimate details. It's just, bam, you meet on TV. The day you get married, we're going to slam you into a house with cameras all around. Good luck. Make it work. No pressure. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Doomed to fail. Yes. I, th- I, think, I think so, because I think it's, it's sort of, because some of it is just unknown. I mean, as the, we, obviously we have tapped on this before, and it's, I suppose it's because it intrigues me. I, I'm quite, you know, interested in all things psychology and, you know, and chemistry and, you know, and biology and energy. And because I do think it's interesting. It's like even, you know, recently I sold my two couches and the energy has shifted in my sitting room. Like even the girl who bought the couch. Yeah, that's because you don't have anywhere to fucking sit, you twat. <laughs> <laughs> well, the very different sitting on the floor. Excuse <laughs> me, actually. Well, yeah, but that, well, that is true. But, you know, <laughs> I know. Well, okay. All right. Point but, what, I would say, what I would say is that the girl who bought my couches, she took a picture for me with the couches then in her sitting room. And they looked like completely different couches. <laughs> it was sort of like it was <laughs> that's very <laughs> well, you see, I think there's energy in everything. I think it's in your furniture, I think it's in your cushions, I think it's in your walls. Uh, you see, I think the energy is everywhere. It's like walking in, sometimes you'll walk into a house or 
a building or whatever and you can feel like an energy it's it's like it's like I find churches even though I'm not a religious person and I'm very respectful of all religions I, I I don't have an issue with you know any religions and anybody following them it's whatever it works for you for me personally I just don't necessarily believe in any of that but I do love churches I find I love the smell of them oh I, I do love- as well Oh yeah, I love. I just love that smell. I love the openness. I love all usually the architecture that's in there, the glass, the stained glass. You know, the it's like um, it's just like a big meditation room for me. Yes, yes, yeah. Well, there's so much energy that's been brought into that room. Yeah, and brought I, into that space. Like I love, and the bigger the church for yes. me, the better. Give me a cathedral. Yes. I'll oh, go sit in a cathedral for a couple of hours in silence, just like, yes. this is my jam. This is some yes. good shit right here. You know, and I don't know, I mean, I suppose it's like all the beauty and love and whatever else and prayers. I mean, I do believe like, again, I wouldn't be religious. I wouldn't, you know, and my, my father certainly wasn't, but I mean, I kind of follow his, his um, example. Like if somebody ever said to me, I'm praying for you, my response is, well, it's not, you know, well, I'm not religious, you know, or, no, or I'm not Catholic. It's, it's thank you. Yeah. yeah exactly. it. Just thank you. And I've prayed for people before too. If there is a higher power, I've said, yo, dude, could you, you know, maybe help my friend out, whatever, you know, send yeah. some good vibes to somebody. It's about the energy that you carry within yourself as well. I think so. I think That's so. Why some people are so bloody miserable all the time. Well, you know, well, yeah, well, those kind of energies I don't do well with because I find that I nearly pick up on other people's energy. So if somebody else is kind of cranky, it sort mm-hmm. of actually, um, it, it, it unnerves me. And I find that I get very uncomfortable with that. It's, it's not that I expect people to be always happy around me, but I definitely prefer a more sort of uh, naturally more upbeat kind of person. You know, it just, I, I vibe better off. Mm-hmm. Well, human beings, we're going to have off days. And of course, we're not always going to be happy. But there's a no. difference between going through like a range of emotions and people who decide to stay in that place where it's like, I'm a miserable piece of shit. And I'm just going to throw that mm-hmm. onto everyone around me. Misery loves company, you know? Like, yeah. again, back, back to the boyfriend. He was sick as a dog uh, the other day. And even sick and in his his version of grumpy which i was like this is still the nicest gentleman i've ever been around like he makes my father god rest his soul he makes my father look like an asshole my dad was the nicest guy i know and this guy actually puts him to shame and i'm going wow my dad would have loved him you know what i mean like it's just it's actually shocking like him sick as a dog he's still so nice and yeah. I, you know, and I'm not trying to trash my ex-husband, but I have got to use that as an example. Him on his best day was n- not always easy to be around. Like some people are just hard work. And yeah. I feel like me personally in my past, my dating experience and stuff and past relationships, I felt like I always ended up with men who were hard work. They were hard work. I think I'm a very easygoing, laid back person. I'm agreeable. I, I kind of go with the flow. I have a very strong, distinct personality and I know who I am, but I will adapt. I'd like to try and kind of meet people where they're at. Yeah. And so I can get in with any kind of people, any kind. I can talk to a million different kinds of people. I can win people over. I can. So like if somebody, if I find them hard work, chances are they, they are. 
because you, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. and, and, and so he was all sitting there apologizing for being grumpy. And I'm like, you are a delight, even when you're on death's door, you know, like yeah. such a nice, and, it, but again, that goes back to also, let's say compatibility yeah, and energy and all of those things. Like there's not one thing about him that annoys me. Not one. I've been trying for months. Like there's gotta be some <laughs> grading behavior. Okay. I'll find it one day. I know it's there. It's not there. And I can't speak for him. I probably drive him up the wall. I mean, honestly, I probably annoy the tits off him, but for whatever reason, he finds me charming enough to keep me around. But I, I've looked for things wrong with him or that would annoy me. And I'm like, still, I have nothing, nothing. I, I just think you've met your person definitely. And I think that that does exist. I don't know that many people get it. But I think, I, I, well, that's just it. My, another friend of mine, uh, we were at her wedding about a month ago and she got to meet him and she was like, you know, she feels as, as lucky as I do. Like she got to marry her fellow. And she's like, it's very rare that people find this kind of love in their lives. So, well, well do you, I mean, do you believe in this soulmate thing? And if you do, what do you think a soulmate is? Because I do That's a I great question. You yeah. don't? Well, no, I, I, I don't know. Well, right. Well, I don't know um, really what a soulmate is supposed to be. So I'm not saying I don't believe it. But I just don't really understand what what, what that, that is. I'm not sure I know what it is either until yeah. maybe you happen upon it. I Look, I, I asked my fellow this once. I said, you know, because we do feel that we are each other's soulmate. But, right. I, I, you know, you kind of you kind of go, well, hang on. <laughs> what if my soulmate was in Australia or something and I was never going to meet them? Like, do you just get the one out of all these 8 billion people? Do you just like, do they just assign you one because, and it's like just a big lottery, good luck, you know? And what if your soulmate was born 30 years ago? And it, you know, it, it's just, so I think that, look, I think that there are probably lots of compatible matches for people. Yeah. I think, I think that I could have this level of compatibility and love with another person. And he said the same. He said, oh, yeah, he, that, that he believes that there's more than like just the two of us out there for each other, if that makes sense. Because yeah. if, like, you, if, you, if you, you know, met a, a, a thousand people, how many of them would you hit it off with? If you met a million people, that talk about some speed dating right there, you know, like <laughs> if you sat down and like, you know, how many would you hit it off with? And how many would you hit it off with in this way? He and yeah. I have hit it off in every single way that a, I think that a couple can. I know. It's incredible, really, isn't it? It, it, it is. I've, I did not know this existed. I would have thought it was just not possible. Um, watch us turn out to be like half brother and sister. I swear to God. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like his mama and I my daddy have some explaining to do. Uh, no, <laughs> I should not make, see, I make the worst jokes. I, and like, he, like I even pick on my own dead father and he was wonderful. And I still crack the darkest, <laughs> sickest jokes, but you know what? My dad would laugh his ass off and approve. So, hmm. um, I, I, I don't know. Soulmate. I just, I, all I know is that this person Oh God, I'm going to make myself vomit. I don't want to say he completes me. Okay. <laughs> um, but something along those lines. Well, look, I've never had anyone really accept me a hundred percent for who I am. Not uh, maybe a few female friends and a couple of family members 
basically you. Uh, he, I've never had anyone other than say my children who love me unconditionally. I've never had a man that I've dated or been involved with romantically. Absolutely. Just accept me yeah. for who I am. I've always been picked apart and it's, and it, it, it to such a degree that I'm going, Jesus Christ. Like you kind of go, well, I don't know if I'm a catch, but I know I'm a nice person. And you kind of go, why is it I'm dating people who feel like it's okay to run me down? Like even the, some of the things that first attracted some of my exes in the past to me when I, when I was younger, let's say my looks or the acting thing or the, this or the, that, these were the things that over time they actually used against me yeah. and found as negatives and were detracting and, and kind of biting and very critical about these things. Like, and then even I was saying this to a friend of mine a couple of weeks ago, we were having this kind of a chat around this and she, she asked me for my, my recipe for lentils. So I, I just told it off, you know, it's one I've perfected over the years and not a lot of people like lentils, but it's a very healthy, very, very good, healthy food, lots of carbs and protein. And I sent it to her. I just typed it out to her and sent it to her. And I said, I've been doing this for 16 years. I mean, my son was a baby. He was in diapers eating lentils, lentil soup. Like how many children eat that? And he would eat gobs of it. And I sent her the recipe and she wrote me back and she said, and you say you can't cook. And then I said to her, I said, well, you know, when you've been told for the last 20 years of your life that you, you cook like shit, I mean, my ex-husband absolutely tore my cooking to shreds back in my 20s when I thought that I could, I was a good cook. Uh, he proceeded to let me know just, you know, couldn't, wouldn't give me a compliment, wouldn't say thank you for the dinner. Absolutely. I mean, I would literally ask like if he liked it because I didn't know because if he didn't like it, I wouldn't make it again. I'd try something new. And he was kind of like, it was almost like it physically bothered him to be nice to me and give me a compliment on my cooking. One fella I dated recently had a very kind of shit Irish palate. There's no other way to describe it. You know, these people that they want, you know, boiled veg until it's completely like not even recognizable, tasteless, <laughs> bland food, you know, it, ketchup is spicy. Ooh, don't make me any Mexican. Don't me, don't make me any weird ass, any of that weird ass Mexican food. Ew. You know, I mean, like beef stroganoff was like exotic for him. He's Whoa. Hey, slow down there, partner. You know, like, and he made me, and he used to tell me flat out, and I thought he was joking for the longest time, and then I realized he was serious. He used to tell me I couldn't cook. I was a shit cook. And then, like, and then everything that I've made for this boyfriend, from chicken enchiladas to making a steak the way Texans cook a steak, which is the right way, um, my guacamole, my banana bread, my cheesecake, everything that I've cooked this man, everything. Well, he didn't like my Bloody Mary, but to be fair, first of all, there's no cooking involved. And second of all, I'm fairly certain the tomato juice had gone off. In fact, I, I, and I, 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 I gave it to him. It was super sour. I tasted it. I was like, hmm, that's off. But it had vodka in it. So I, well, I didn't know that the tomato juice was off, but I was like something about the rest. I was like, hmm, this doesn't taste as good as it normally does. And But there was vodka in it, so I wasn't going to waste it. So I downed mine. <laughs> like, but other than like trying to poison him with the Bloody Mary... Um, everything that I've made this man, he's like, this is delicious, baby. Oh my God. And he asks for the same things over and over again. So I'm obviously not a shit cook, you know, but why is it that 
like some people when they get together with somebody is so hard work. So I don't know. Soulmate. Are you going to sit there? What is a soulmate? You think everything they do is right? Mm. Everything feels no. good and comfortable? No, I. but I do think perhaps there's an ease. Soulmate. Pardon? There's an ease to it? Uh, well, yes. But what is that ease? I think that ease could be like a meeting of the souls, like, a, like, like almost like a recognizing, like a mirroring, you know, like a, mm. you know, because if you've got somebody, let's say who, you know, let's say like you're into your stand up and then mm. somebody isn't, you know, even remotely funny um, or yeah. even, or, or even finds things very funny or isn't really into that. Well, then you're just not going, you're not going to mirror each other. Um, so I would nearly think perhaps the soulmate thing is a little bit built on around having the same sort of core values and beliefs and a lot of compatibility and then a lot of, you know, interlinking energy. Because, you know, if you look at this situation with the guy that you're with now, you're incredibly similar. You know, you're into very similar things, you know, and, yeah. like, you know, and so that's almost like you're just kind of mirroring each other. It's sort of it's almost like a ping pong, like a yin and yang. Like it's just it's ping ponging back and forth. Whereas obviously with your, you know, ex-husband and your previous relationship, you know, there was some lies going on there. They weren't compatible with you on a lot of levels. Um, and so they, so they were lying about, you know, being into this or into that when really they're not, which is why they couldn't support it in the end. So I think it's a lack of compatibility. And I think soulmate thing maybe is, um, yeah, like a like a mirroring. Well, I think people do when they're first dating, especially if they fall for somebody, you know, let's say that these guys had fallen for me. Uh, I think that you try to live up to your partner's expectations. And if one person is really super happy and kind of yeah. pleasant, easygoing, the other person maybe might not be, but they want to be. And so they try to match that energy, but over time they can't. Well, that's what so I mean. I, yeah, yeah. I, it's it's, a, it's an energy thing because, and and I also think, you know, you, like obviously you don't have to have everything in common, and you might not, you know, love everything that like like everything that somebody does. But I think if you love somebody, why would you, you know, why would you not then behave like you you like them and and support them? So, <gasps> that's that's a huge yes. I yeah. felt very much like two of my exes did mm. not like me at the end of the day. Yeah. Well, that's like it. Like, a, yeah, I think like that goes, a, I'm sure that happens a lot in relationships. You just kind of wonder, well, why are you together if you don't even like well, Why are you with me if, you yeah. know, and why, why did I have to end both of those relationships anyway? It's almost like they would have just happily plodded along. Yeah. Uh, even though we were maybe starting to make each other miserable. Okay, hang on here. Yeah. If you don't like me, why are you with me? And if you don't like me, well, I haven't really changed. So maybe you never did like me. Maybe, you know, maybe there was an agenda there or they thought they fell in love or whatever it was. Or maybe there's um, something about me that makes them feel bad about themselves. Again, back to the whole, you know, me doing stand-up, me doing belly dancing. Oh, you know, one of them used to mock me about my dancer's hip, uh, you <laughs> know, because I had, I had an injury when I was 35 and uh, with my back. And whenever it would play up this one particular person would oh yeah yeah uh-huh your dancer's hip I, I don't know maybe he made that joke because I was heavy at the time but you know I studied ballet and tap as a child I did Irish dancing for the guts of eight years and I did belly dancing off and on from the time I was 18 19 you know I took lots of breaks 
And I was never a professionally trained dancer. Don't get me wrong. I never made it. Well, I made, I did a couple of belly dance performances and a couple of Irish dancing performances in Houston. And yes, technically I got paid, but I technically got paid doing acting and stand-up as well, but I never made my living at any of those things. So I'm the first one to say that maybe I'm classically trained actor, but I've never have professed to be like a professional dancer, but he used to mock me. He used to say, oh yeah, your dancer's hip acting up again. You see, that's not love. I mean, that's, to me- I don't think so. I don't think so. Why would you pick on someone like that? Why would you, yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. Like, I mean, you know, there, there are people that I don't like that I probably wouldn't like and therefore I wouldn't have them as my friend. I'm definitely not going to want to date somebody, be in a relationship or marry somebody that I don't like. You know, I'm definitely old enough and wise enough now not to do that, <laughs> you know, and to make sure that the person I'm with is because I love them and like them and want to be with them. Well, Otherwise, and not only that, and you want to see them happy. Like, I mean, look, I, I love a good joke. I have a very dark sense of humor and I can take being like, and I can give as good as I get. But when you sit there and you're straddling the line between a joke and the truth and a real dig, yeah. you go, hang on. Like when I make my jokes with people, you, my boyfriend, my other friends, it's very clear that I'm not picking on you. I'm yeah. obvious that I'm joking. Like earlier, giving you hell about not having sofas in the minute on your sitting room, I called you a twat. <laughs> you know, you know that I'm not actually secretly calling you a twat. Yeah. I, you know, it was said with yeah. love and joking. And But if I was sitting there going, yeah, Jody, uh, I guess the energy in the room would be different, huh? Because you don't have any sofas. If I said it like a real... <laughs> You know, like a tone and intention, all of those delivery, all of that is very important. So you do kind of go like the very things that made me who I am and that theoretically they were attracted to, I started to then question and feel self-conscious about. Yeah. That's not fair. You don't do that to somebody that you love. No, definitely not. So that's not love, you see. I don't I mean, know what I, I don't know what that is. I don't I think it's control. I think it's manipulation. I think it's oh yeah, yeah, she'll do. I'll write her. We'll have a few, you know. Yeah, she'll yeah. be a good girlfriend. That yeah, kind of way. I would be I would be interested to know how many people actually just do that. Like they just settle. Like they'll just meet somebody they semi like and they just, you know, go into it anyway. Like how many relationships are based on that and not real connection and you know, and like, I'm sure there's loads. Oh, I'd say more. I'd say most, most people who are together, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I could be wrong. I'm guessing, but it just seems so many people who are married or in long-term relationships are often so miserable. Yeah. And I'd say it's because, you know, you shouldn't, I don't care how long you've been together. You should not be looking at your partner after 20 years going, shut up, shut up, shut up, shut up. Oh my God, I can't fucking stand you. You should never have that internal monologue going on. I had that and it didn't take 20 years to get to that with my ex-husband. And you should never, ever, ever, ever feel that way about your partner. And you should only want their happiness. And even if they're making, whatever they're doing, if they're making complete jackass out of themselves, yeah. if they're singing off key at karaoke at a Christmas party and drunk as a skunk, as long as they're, you know, not acting badly. If they're singing off key at the Christmas party, if they're, you know, dancing badly, painting shit pictures, if they're terrible drivers, if they're terrible cooks, if they're like, don't you still want to love them? 
Yeah, exactly. Well, you know, well, I would think so. I mean, I, I have a family member who, you know, she's been married for, I think it's 43 years or something. And she would totally uh, consider her husband to be her soulmate. She totally feels that he almost sort of like, let's say, saved her, you know, that he oh, could be lovely. just lovely. And even after all these years, of course, you know, they can probably annoy each other, you know, randomly sometimes. But I think really, actually, I, I know from speaking with this family member, they actually have a really good marriage and, it, and they're very compatible that they liked, they, they love to be together. You know, she was only saying recently to me that even within her friend group, and, you know, she's in her 70s now, that so many of her girlfriends, you know, just are dying to have, like, you know, girlfriend weeks away without their husband. Now, not that I'm saying it's wrong with spending time apart. No, no, of course not. But I'm just saying that a lot of these marriages, they just don't want to be together and they don't do much together. Whereas this family member of mine, you know, she still loves to be with her husband and they, they, they do, they're, they're very together. And I think that that is such a lovely thing. And I think that is definitely got to be true love. See, I would say that that's much more normal yeah. than the opposite of, oh my God, I can't wait for Dave to go away with his friends camping at the weekend and I'm going to go off with the girls. We're going to get pissed because I just can't stand him anymore. He's driving me up the wall. Like, look, of course you're going to ignore or and not ignore, annoy each other and frustrate each other at times. You're not always going to get on hundred percent. It's not always yeah. going to be smooth sailing in any relationship, even if you're madly in love, soulmates or whatever. But I think there has to also be like the desire on both ends to work through those things and talk them through. But also yeah. I don't think the norm should be a state of annoyance, constant annoyance with your partner. I don't think that's good. It's certainly not healthy. Well, I'd rather be on my own. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. There's a saying in Spanish that I cannot think of at the minute, but it's roughly translated to basically I'd rather be on my own than in bad company. Yeah, absolutely. Oh yeah. I would not want to be, I definitely do not want to be with the wrong person where you're looking at that person going, who are you and why am I with you? <laughs> like, yeah. you know, yes. like, or they're making you feel bad, like they, they don't want to be with you. No, definitely not. I think if that's the kind of relationship people are having, well, they can have it. I definitely don't want that. But so it's the funny, it's a weird, it's a weird kind of dichotomy. People are so afraid to be alone. Yeah. That they would yeah. rather be miserable with yeah. someone in the yeah. room. Someone who they're in the room, but they still feel lonely. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Well, 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 I don't understand that. There's too many fish in the sea. Yeah. To settle for that. Oh, totally. Yes. I think. I but think also, sorry, go ahead. No, I was just saying, I, I absolutely agree. I, I just think it's not necessary, you know, and I, yeah. Well, but I, it's, it's not just that there's plenty of fish in the sea, but it's also that, like people are so uneasy with the idea of being in their own company. Well, you know yeah. what I mean? Like on, on their own. Well, actually, you know, that's an interesting one because I nearly like that was nearly a fight for me that I'm so good in my own company that I had to drag myself from that mindset to actually let somebody in, you know, like the prospect of actually having a relationship and have somebody in my space because I'm actually like probably the opposite where I do really good on my own. I don't, I don't need somebody. I want somebody in my life. I want to, I want to, you know, share my life with somebody and, you know, and go through life, you know, like with somebody, but I can be on my own as well. 
you know, and I was quite comfortable being on my own, to, you know, like to a certain level. I mean, you know, now that I've stepped out of that, now I don't, you know, I wouldn't want to be on my own like that all the time, but I can be on my own. I certainly would not just, you know, get with somebody just for the sake of it. I couldn't think of any more horrific than being with the yeah. wrong person um, again. It's, so, it, yeah. It's kind of like that expression, Jody. Oh, yeah. if I want an ex- if I want an expert opinion I'll ask myself you know <laughs> like or if I'm ta- if you see me talking to myself I'm getting an expert opinion you know like it's just yeah I mean I don't know I think it like my I remember something my father told me when I was very young and he said you know we come into this world alone and we go yeah. out of it alone as well yeah and so I think people's fear of being alone yeah and sitting with themselves and their own thoughts is very connected to existential dread and the whole, you know, the, 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 the freaky feelings that come with just being alive and being, you know, sentient beings and being here and going, Oh crap, one day I'm not, you know, and, and dealing with that in your own mortality. And so I think that's what people, when they fear being alone, it's not that they really don't like being alone. I think a lot of us enjoy being alone. We get to do whatever the hell we want, you know? scratch yeah. your bum have for dinner whatever you want there's no fighting over the telly it's just i can you know can, you can do what you want wear what you want eat what you want you can entertain yourself i don't think that it's really that people don't you know really hate being on their own i think it's the it's their own heads and yeah. that scare them and it's 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 facing their own mortality and i think when you accept that you are going to die one day and we did come into this world alone and we are going to exit alone um you know, it's, it's a one way trip. (laughs) And I think if you just make peace with that, maybe being alone isn't so horrific, but I would be like you. And I would say that being with the wrong person, there is nothing on this planet more miserable than being stuck with a sour cunt. Well, that scares me more. It would scare me more to be with the wrong person than to be on my own. That, that, that scares me more than being alone, is being with the wrong person. Yeah, someone who... Well, I think we're going to on the... Yeah, sorry. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, well, no, just being with somebody that doesn't, that doesn't make you feel Where'd good. Where'd you go? Oh, no. <laughs> Hello? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hello, can you hear me? Oh, God, don't tell me we dropped out at the last minute. You okay. No, I... Um, I was going to say to you that we should pick this up on the next episode about people's fear of being alone. I wanted to go ahead and wrap up this episode because unfortunately I have to go check on my children. (laughs) You know, like you remember, did you ever see that horror movie? Do you remember that horror movie from the eighties where like the phone would ring and the babysitter would answer and a voice down the line, check the children. Do you remember that shit? Do you remember? <laughs> check the children. And she'd go and check the kids. They're grand. Fine. And then the phone would ring again and check the children. And then she finally did like a trace, like a call trace or something. She called the operator and the call was coming from inside the house. Do you remember that one? Do you? Do you? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, I have to go check on the tiny people I made. But listen, yeah. I think on the next episode, we need to pick this up about people's fear of being alone and what that's really all about Mm. Uh, as far as the and we can bring up we can talk about this uh married at first sight i'd love to have uh any of our you know 13 listeners write in (laughs) and tell us if they've seen this show what they thought of it if it was utter crap or what and um 
Yeah, I don't know. Uh, Jody, I, I'm, I'm going to say that I think that that show is just preying on people's desperation, honestly, on their fear of not wanting to end up alone. Yes, I think so. And as you said, someone 26 thinking that, that that's what they need to do. Oh, there's something very, very wrong. <laughs> yeah. Well, I would think so. I would think so. Yeah. All right. Well, listen, I, I also have just heard the ice cream van. So I have got to go get my daughter because she has a problem and she's going to accost him. <laughs> uh, let's go ahead and wrap this up, Jody from Catchy Wicklow. Say bye, baby. Bye. Good night, y'all. <laughs>